This is the St. Longinus' Baptism Podcast Channel. This is going to be episode 23. My road to Damascus moment. But first a prayer. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. All that I am, all that I have, all that I do, shall be consecrated to your service and your glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Immaculate Heart of Mary, please pray for us. Sacred Heart of Jesus, please pray for us. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, amen. This is going to have to start 
with a brief introduction for context. Um, Lord willing, this this should not be an overly long podcast or episode, I should say. Um, basically, in my introduction, I specified, and I'm not sure if I've specified this after the introduction podcast, that I tried to keep the personal anecdotes to a minimum because I literally consider this podcast not my own but God's. However, um, the Holy Ghost put it in me that perhaps I should share this story with my audience. And the reason that I'm doing this is because basically I tried to give on one of my previous episodes, I tried to give people encouragement. And basically, I think that this story runs along those lines, although in a different way. As I said in that previous episode, I do realize that some people who may listen to this may be atheist, agnostic, uh, totally secular, and um, maybe just listening to these podcasts for uh, giggles, as the kids say. So I just want to preface this story out by saying God's divine providence is a real thing. And right now, it may seem like, it may absolutely seem like that you're never, you're never, you know, you quote unquote get religious. You're never going to go to God. But, you know, despite when, 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 um, the, Heretic in chief Bergoglio says that talks about the God of surprises. He's he's right, but he's not right in the way he thinks because his God of surprises is the devil. And, you know, that's who he's talking about. My God of surprises will give you the unexpected when you least expect it. And when you listen to this brief story, Lord willing, you'll understand why I think this. So basically in my early thirties, I was living outside Chicago. Um, I did not know my biological family and, um, in my early 30s, they contacted me through the adoption agency, and we were in contact. Um, now, uh, the my two of my sisters came up to see me um, that Christmas, and then after the summer, or I'm sorry, after that Christmas, it was agreed that I would visit them that summer for a week. And so they, oh, by the way, they were living um, in a rather large metropolitan city in the Midwest. 
And when I say that, I'm not talking about Chicago. I'm talking about another city altogether. But anyway, um, so at that time, at that time, I was a complete and utter pagan. And I absolutely despised God. And pretty much, I I took the very cynical view that um, most most preachers were in it for the money. I mean, I know I've told you the story about my um, foster dad who was the Baptist minister. But at that time, I just, you know, I, I, um, I still gave him credit. But as far as I was concerned, unless I didn't know the man personally, I wasn't going to give him the benefit of the doubt. Now, before I get into the story, um, basically, I took the very erroneous um, view that basically if you didn't have like major uh, issues in your life, and when I say issues, I mean massive issues like abuse, sexual abuse, um, you know, um, having a relatively stable family, being raised by two parents who basically loved you, um, Basically, if you had no major issues in your life, I view that as God's blessing. So your relatively stable, you know, middle class or upper middle class people, I basically took the view that they were blessed by God. And using the same logic, because my life had been rough, once again, disclaimer, I know there are other people who've had it rougher than I have. But basically, before you come to God, you basically tend to be very introspective and not think about that other people have had it rough, rougher than you unless you're particularly wise or you've been blessed by God to see that. But basically, you know, my, my takeaway from, from the whole God thing was, was that God didn't care about me. You know, he had proven it to me as far as I was concerned. You know, everything I'd been to up until that point convinced me that God hated my guts. And at best, I was going to ignore him. And at worst, I was going to outright hate and blaspheme him. Um, By the way, the error that I just said is an error. But. Um, this isn't a theological discussion. This is actually my road to Damascus moment. So I'll move on. So anyway, up until, you know, up until this point, you know, didn't want nothing to do with God. Absolutely despised him. And um, so people throughout my life, you know, um, who knew me said, Oh, God's really after you. He loves you. And I, I would, I would, I would get in those people's face. I mean, really in their face, hostily in their face. And, um, it turns out, you know, it took me a long time to figure this out. Turns out they were right. But anyway, 
So that summer, or right before I left to go to visit my sisters, uh, I started hanging out with an acquaintance of mine. And, you know, basically I'm a pagan and I like to drink. So we're drinking, we're having a good time. And then it comes time to catch the bus. And I'm like, well, I'm having too great of a time. So I'm just going to take, I'm going to take a pint with me. Now, of course, you're not supposed to bring booze on a bus. But, you know, um, if you're an experienced drinker, you know how to get around the rules. So basically what I did was I bought a 32-ounce cup of soda, dumped like a quarter of it, and uh, poured. I was drinking 106-proof whiskey. I dumped some of the whiskey, stuck it, stashed it in my bag, and then entered the bus. Now, at the point where I entered the bus, I was feeling no pain, but I wasn't, you know, I wasn't like uh, uh, schnackered. You know, I wasn't schnackered. Anyway, I get on the bus and there's this group of girls and they're going to some, you know, um, they're they're going to a sister church in, in the city where I was heading. So anyway... I'm not interested in all that. And I'm more interested in seeing if I could hook up with one of these chicks. You know, what do you expect out of an amoral pagan with no shame? So I'm chatting them up and, you know, they're, 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 they're humoring me. And at the same time, I'm humoring them because they're trying to tell me about Jesus and all that, and I'm trying to find out, hey, can I get your number? So we're humoring each other. Now, the drive from where I lived to where I was heading was about six hours by bus. And by the time, the you know, we're basically playing verbal badminton the whole time. And so basically, by the time we got to the bus station, I, I wasn't, I wasn't completely out of it, but I was schnockered by that point. And one of the girls said, hey, will you go to church with us? You know, because this was a Friday night and they meant, you know, the, ne- the, the next Sunday or that following Sunday. And, you know, I was feeling no pain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, sure, sure. I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. And that's that's how looped I was. I would never agree to that sober. That girl could have been Mila Kunis, and I would have said, nope, sorry, can't help you. Can't help you. But, yeah, yeah. Um, I was saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, basically, um. You know, I, I, I just, you know, I, let's be honest. I wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't actually on following up on that, but I'll be danged. As soon as the bus pulled up to, to the door where we were supposed to stop. Now the, the sister I was going to stay with was the sister who had visited me that Christmas. I knew what she looked like. They didn't. I'll be danged. I will be danged if they didn't go straight to my sister and tell them, oh, yeah, um, you know, 
uh, he's 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 gonna he's gonna come to our church this Sunday, and they gave her the address. And then, with a sinking feeling, I was stuck because even even in my degraded paganized state, to a certain degree, I did have a sense of honor, and I just realized that those girls had forced my hand. Because now I had to go. Not because I wanted to go, not any of that stuff. But because my honor was at stake. I'd given them my word and my sister knew. I mean, not that that, well, I, it did kind of sway, you know, sway where I was heading. So... They told her, and she she was Protestant, so she was like, oh, yeah, yeah, we'll go, we'll go. And so Sunday comes, and the, this happened on Friday night, and throughout Saturday, and when I got up on Sunday morning, I'm sweating bullets, because I don't want to be there. I don't want to be there. I don't want to, you know, I've been to other Protestant services. I just was like, nah, I can't do this, but I was bound and determined to keep my word to those girls. So it was like I'd never been to this city before, so I wasn't sure what the distance was going to be, but it took about 20, 25 minutes to get from her apartment over to their house. And uh, I'm sorry, their church. And so I'm thinking to myself the whole way, please break down, please break down, please break down. Or get lost, get lost. And I thought I had an out because 20 minutes into the ride, she's like, I can't find this address. And I'm, I'm keeping silent as a tomb, but inside I'm like, yes, yes, yes. And then my heart dropped because she's like, oh, I know where it's at. And we went to the church. Now this church was some sort of like mega church for lack of a better term. It was huge. It was huge. And when we got inside, it was just, it, it held at minimum 500 people, at minimum, but I'm willing to guess it was between 500 and 1,000 people. And there were literally two rows. There was, a bo- there was the, the ground section and then there was an upstairs section. And it was so crowded, we had to go upstairs. And um, it was a mostly black church, so they're playing black gospel music. I'd never listened to that type of music, but they're they're doing the the gospel hymns, the black gospel hymns, because there is a difference. And I'm thinking, you know, I'm kind of I'm kind of getting into the music because I'd never heard this before, and it was kind of it was kind of catchy. And I'm like, okay. Yeah, if they just, you know, sing the hymns for the whole service, I'm cool. I can live with this. But as, you know, as God would have it in his sense of humor, the preacher strode out. Now, bear in mind, the reason I brought in the fact that it was packed out was we're sitting at the top of the the top tier toward the back, and the place is packed out. And he started preaching his sermon. And at, at first, I'm like, okay, all I need to do is endure this, 
You know, and once it's done, I'm done. I've kept my word, and that's that. All of a sudden, and I, you know, I don't tell this story very often because most people aren't interested in it, but there's a reason I'm telling this story. We're talking between 500 and 1,000 people in that church, but during the sermon, I, I feel like, I feel like he's talking directly to me personally. I feel like he's looking inside of me and he's, he's preaching directly to me and that he's known me all my life. Everything I've ever done wrong, he knows. Everything about me, he knows. Now, the rational part of my mind is thinking, this is impossible. That man don't know me from Adam. I haven't even been introduced to him. And furthermore, because I've never been to this city before, I've never met this man in my entire life, there's absolutely no way that he can, he, he, he can know me this well. And beyond all that, there's at least 500 other people in the building with me. You know, the law of averages is, you know, well, the law of averages is zilch. He could, he could not be any more preaching to me than he could have been preaching to uh, w- one single member of his congregation. The, the, you know, it's impossible. It's literally impossible. And then another thing started happening to me. As I'm, as I'm hearing this sermon, in case you haven't noticed by the way I speak, I don't. I very rarely show public emotions, least of all crying in public. As a matter of fact, I can count on maybe two fingers the amount of times up until that point I cried in public. But I was bawling like a baby. And the reason I was bawling was part of it was... I ain't gonna lie, it was it was sorrow, it was complete and utter sorrow about my behavior toward God. And then the other part of it was joy because I realized that God did love me. I just, you know, for my own reasons, I didn't I didn't uh I was ignorant of it. So it's a mixture of joy and sorrow. And because it's a Protestant church, you know, they have what is known as altar call. It depends on the church. Some ask you if you want to be baptized. Others ask you if you want to say your little Jesus prayer and you're good to go. This church baptized. And at the time when he did his altar call, I was thinking, man, I need to do this. I That's how far... I was in, I mean, I was like, I need to do this. But at that point, the flesh was still in me. And it was like, you can always, you can always get baptized. You don't have to do it now. So I ended up not getting baptized that day. But when I got done with that service, because they had a little picnic afterwards. It was it was some deal with that particular denomination, but they were having a picnic, 
And I met those girls. And I told them, I said, I literally feel like a new person. Now, before you Protestants go on and, oh, well, that's all you needed to do. No, no. This is not about me. This is God's podcast. This story is to emphasize what what I'm about ready to tell you. But yes, I was different. I knew inside I had inherently changed. But I did not understand the full implications until a little later on. Now, why am I telling you this? This is... In my other podcast where I was trying to encourage people, I was basically trying to encourage, you know, the the devout and um, the devout and uh, uh, pious Christians who may be feeling a little down. This one is more aimed at like the people who say, "I don't care what you do to me." I ain't, you know, I ain't going to become a Christian. I ain't going to worship your sky daddy or whatever rationale they're using. The reason I'm telling this story is whatever reason that you have for not being, you know, for not uh, trying to be a Christian, if God wants you, he's going to get you. It may take you. It may take you years to get to where he, well, where he wants to start actually working upon you, but it'll happen. And it'll, things, things, things that, that you would not expect are going to happen. Cause I can, I can guarantee you that when I volunteered to go to those girls' church, church it was only because i was trying to get their number i did not want any part of god i did not want any, you know i did not i did not want to be a christian at all least of all a follower of jesus christ because basically i thought he hated me and the reason i had gone through what i gone through was literally because he hated me and i was cursed because as i said i'd read the old old testament of course, I was reading it without context, but the lines, you know, um, the sins of the father shall be visited upon um, seven generations and the curse of, of Cain and the curse of Esau. And I'm a very simple man, so I didn't take it any farther than that. I literally figured I was cursed. And I figured that the people who went to church, you know, living on the surface would appear to be living relatively comfortable lives were being blessed by God. So I, I had, like I said, Mila Kunis could have been on that bus if I'd been sober and she said, hey, will you come to my church with me? I would have said, sorry, Mila, you're hot. I ain't doing it. I still would ask for a phone number and probably get shot down, but that's another story altogether. So this, this is my road to Damascus moment. Because 
It was literally a road to Damascus. And for those of you who are not familiar with the road to Damascus, basically St. Paul, before he was a saint and before he was Paul, was persecuting the Christians. And he was riding on his donkey to go to uh, Jerusalem, I think it was, or some, some major city to persecute the Christians there. And he literally got knocked off, pardon the expression, it's, and it's also a pun, literally got knocked off his ass on the ground and blinded. And Jesus asked him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? So when, when, when devout and pious people use the road to Damascus moment, it's basically the moment where they realize God, not only is he, I mean, I always, I always knew God was real, but I always, being a deist, I always wrote him off as, you know, um, a deist and, only his chosen people got it to go to church and that if you had any kind of hard life whatsoever, that was a mark of his disapproval. But basically when we say a road to Damascus moment, that's when you realize God really loves you and he wants to help you. And when you start feeling actual shame, um, you know, that's another thing too. I, I, the 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 lack of shamelessness, um, didn't quit after my road to Damascus moment. It took a while for me to start feeling even a little bit of shame, but I did start feeling it. And if you're the type of person that runs around saying, "Well," I don't need to feel ashamed for sin. I'm a human being. I'm flawed. I don't need to feel shame. Then I would say, just based on observation, that there is no God in you, especially if you're claiming to be a Christian. Um, and, and those who, who are atheists or whatever or secular and don't care about God, well, we already know that that's, that's the issue. And by the way, um, I give, I give more slack to, to people who aren't, you know, who, who are totally, completely removed for God than somebody who calls themselves a Christian and then turns around and says something like that. Because if you, if you love God, as you claim to love God and you're, you're doing stuff that you know, you're doing actual sins. You're saying, well, I'm just a human being. Yeah, you're, you're not really a Christian. You're, you're no better than the people that you think you're better than. So I'm just going to close with this. You know, my God is an actual God of surprises. My God has a sense of humor. And you know, I don't know where you're at. I don't know how old you are. But if, you know, to some of you, some of you, because we're all individuals and he deals with us on an individual basis. Me, I'm a hard-headed, stubborn individual. 
So he literally had to hit me with a two by four. Other people, it may happen more gradually. It may happen more quietly, interiorly. But rest assured, um, for some of you, you, you're, you, right now, you may, you may think this guy's talking smack. It ain't never going to happen. I understand and I sympathize, but don't say you weren't warned. Okay, guys. Um, I really appreciate you guys listening and you didn't have to visit this podcast. And if you're a newcomer, I appreciate you listening. Even if this is the only episode you listen to, the fact that you gave me a try, I really appreciate it. And, um, once again, because this is going to be part of what, you know, my ending, I really hope that the Holy Ghost used me to, um, to give you food for thought, maybe give you, uh, maybe to touch you in some, um, touch you in some way, you know, to, to help you where you needed it, basically, or to give you some information that perhaps you find useful. And I'm also, this is part of my closing too. God loves you. He really does. And he wants you to come home. And in my own imperfect, infallible way, I do love you guys too, and I want you to see you get home. I mean that sincerely. So, thank you for listening. God bless you. Have a good day. Bye-bye. Priez, priez.
c'est toi notre unique espérance Du haut des cieux, daignant tendre nos voix Descends vers nous, viens convertir la France Viens la sauver une seconde fois Sainte Jeanne de France Notre espérance repose en vous Sainte Jeanne de France Priez, priez